0: Pastor Xavier Reese uses this graphic truth to draw our attention to the perils of sin.
1: Leprosy is a type of sin nature in its characteristics. The parallel is amazing. First of all, it's undetectable and painless at first. The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. And then like leprosy, it hits. Then it's not so painless. The consequences are severe. It's a tremendous parallel.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Polio, measles, smallpox. We've been able to come up with vaccinations for just about most illnesses, but there's still only one cure for sin. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the Old Testament book of Leviticus as he looks at the parallels between a common disease during biblical times and the consequences of sin.
1: We're going to look at Leviticus chapter 13 and 14 this morning, not in verse by verse and not in great detail, but it's necessary to look at both of those chapters. I've entitled the message, Leprosy, Man, and Sin. They all fit together. It's interesting and most important that you and I, as we read and study the Scriptures, that we recognize that throughout the Bible, there are various symbols and types that are intended by God To teach us spiritual truth, far beyond the primary meaning. As you go through Scripture, you find the different symbols, say, of gold. Gold is symbolic of deity. Um, You have brass, which is symbolic of judgment. Silver, symbolic of redemption. Blue, symbolic of heaven. You have leaven, symbolic of sin. And certainly they have their primary meaning, but in context at times, there is a double analogy. There is a primary meaning, there is a symbolic or type meaning that is to be understood. They are not left to our own fancy. They are given within the scriptures, within the context, within uh, the scenario that's going on. And as we follow the Scriptures and learn the Scriptures, we learn to discern where we can take them as symbols and types and where we would be out of line in giving our own interpretation and really coming to an understanding of the text that really is foreign to the intended origin of that text. Much of that happens today. It's called spiritualizing, allegorizing. The parable has one message, one meaning, and it nails it. And so it's most important that we look at this. Now, leprosy also is used by God to teach His people spiritual truth beyond its primary meaning as a contagious disease. So we want to look at the section of Leviticus regarding the law of the leopard and leprosy and to observe three things, and we will see this in chapter 13 and chapter 14. First, we want to look at the initial teaching regarding leprosy. That's important. So we learn the context. Secondly, the intended type regarding leprosy. That will be the type and application. And then we want to finish by looking at the incredible provision regarding leprosy. And there is the personal application that we'll have to look at for each of us. Let's look at the initial teaching regarding leprosy. First of all, the disease of leprosy. The word in the Hebrew is found throughout chapter 13 and 14, numerous times. It is the word sarahat. It means a stroke. The term is derived from the root that contains the idea of being struck. Therefore, a person who was afflicted was called a saruah, struck by God. Among the Arabs, it meant fought against God. God was fighting against that individual. God was the one that was bringing it upon him. We have such a thing in chapter 14, uh, verse 34 says, When you have come into the land of Canaan, which I give you as a possession, I, and I put the leprous plague in the house of the land of your possessions. God here in chapter 14 says that it would be sort of a punishment because of their conduct. God was the one that was bringing that affliction upon them the Greek translation of the Septuagint rendered it the word lepra, the term carried over from the Latin Vulgate, which also carried over into the English translation, which is leprosy. And so that's what we read here in the book of Leviticus. Now there is a dispute and a question among commentators as well as other people, whether chapter 13 and 14 are really identifying and speaking uniquely and only about the so-called and the actual disease leprosy it would seem that chapter 13 and 14 certainly are hinting to leprosy and certainly are pointing to it but as examining the verses and all the different cases there many of those are not leprosy but they are things that would appear to be leprosy, and God did not want to take any chance, and so therefore they had to be isolated and dealt with. The most basic contagious disease is isolated. People are marked and labeled not to make them suffer, not to expose them, but to protect society. Leprosy was an awesome disease. Hideous, both in Old and New Testament. Now, there are three kinds of leprosy, and please be patient with me. I want you to understand them. The most severe and the one that is really actual leprosy is called, and you're familiar with the word, elephantiasis. And there are two forms of that. The first one is called uh, the modular or tubercular leprosy. It begins with an unaccountable lethargy and pains in the joints. Then there appears on the body, especially on the back, symmetrical discolored patches. On them, little nodules form at first pink, then they turn in brown. The skin is thickened. The nodules gather, especially in the folds of the cheek and the nose and the lips and the forehead. The whole appearance of the face is changed till the man loses his human appearance and looks, as the ancients said, like a lion or a satire. The nodules grow larger and larger. They ulcerate, and from then, the eyebrows fall out, the eyes become staring, the voice becomes hoarse, and the breath wheezing because of the ulcerated vocal cords. The hands and the feet also ulcerate. Slowly, the sufferer becomes a massive ulcerated growths. The average course of the disease is nine years, and it ends in mental decay, coma, and ultimately death. The sufferer becomes utterly repulsive, both to himself and to others. The second is anesthetic leprosy. The initial stages are the same, but the nerve trunk also are affected. The infected areas lose all sensation, This may happen without the sufferer knowing that it has happened. And he may not realize it until it has happened, and he has suffered some burning and scalding, finding no feeling wherever pain ought to be. So he would be a leper this type. He would not have any sense. So he comes over to your house, and your electric uh, stove is on. He puts his hand there, and it starts burning. He doesn't realize it because he can't feel it. As the disease develops, the injuries to the nervous causes discolored patches and blisters. The muscles waste away. The tendons contract until the hands become like claws. There is always disfigurement in fingernails. There oozes chronic ulcerations of the feet and the hands, and then the progressive loss of fingers and toes until the end of the whole hand or the whole foot may drop off. The duration of the disease is anything from 20 to 30 years. It is kind of terrible progressive death of the body. The third kind of leprosy is a type of the most commonest of all, where nodules and anesthetic leprosy are mixed, the first two. So this third type is a leprosy proper, and there is no doubt that there was many lepers like this in Palestine, this individual says. And this is the case that we have here in, in chapters 13 and 14, which actually deals with leprosy itself, but many of them dealt with psoriasis, fabius, and all kinds of different skin diseases and rashes that, that perhaps uh, were leading towards leprosy, and they didn't want to take the chance on it. And so here God gives the provision for His people because they were to be a holy people. Now, it's interesting that leprosy today is called Hansen's disease. Hansen's discovered the microbe fungus called Microbacterium lepra. Hansen's bacillus is what it's called in 1871. Interesting that today they can arrest it, but they still cannot cure it. Awesome disease. Now, here in chapter 13 and 14, It's kind of confusing at times, but there's different cases of leprosy. All I'm going to do is point them out to you. You have new leprosy that is identified in chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. Then you have old leprosy in chapter 13, verse 9 through 11. And I'm just giving you the heart of the section. Then you have non-contagious leprosy. Yes, there's such a thing. In chapter 13, verse 12 through 13. Then you have the inspection for boils that may turn into leprosy, chapter 13, verse 18. Then you have sores on the head and the beard, chapter 13, verse 29. Then you also have the examination for the garments that may contact leprosy in chapter 13, verse 47 through 48. And then you also have the case of the house that can contact leprosy. Leprosy in chapter 14, verse 33 through 34. God was very thorough about leprosy because it would destroy the person. It would have the potential to destroy society. Now, the dreadfulness of leprosy was first that a man would be isolated for examination from 7 to 14 days. If after seven days he was not found to be a leper, then he would be declared clean. But if it was questionable, he would be put for seven more days away. And you find that in chapter 13, verse 4 and 5, and many repeated sections throughout the two chapters. At a real tense time, what's it going to come back? This man's in there for seven days. Then he comes out, and the priest says, Well, I don't know, another seven days. All by himself the man would have to tear his clothes as a sign of mourning, cover his upper lip, and cry out, Unclean, unclean. Chapter 13, verse 45 says, Once he was pronounced a leper, these were signs of mourning, tearing of his garment, covering the lip, unclean, unclean, to warn others so they would not be infected. The man would have to live outside the camp, verse 46 of chapter 13 says, all by himself, isolated. He was considered a dead man while he lived, ceremonially and socially unclean. You remember Miriam was struck with leprosy because she murmured against Moses? And Moses said, Lord, don't let her be as a dead person while she lives. The family would have a funeral. Because they would never be able to kiss, hug, see them, have contact with them. They were all dead while they lived. The New Testament says in Timothy that if a man or a woman lives in pleasure while they live, they're dead while they live. Interesting analogy. Most men that were lepers and women lived in the city dump in the New Testament time. That's where they gathered much of their food. According to the Talmud, They had to keep about six feet from people, and if it was downwind, 150 feet. It was a terrible life. But as we will see that many times this was directly related to sin in their life. Now many people want to escape the responsibility of AIDS today. And they say, well, it's not my fault. Now understand me. I have compassion, great compassion for those who are infected through blood transfusion, through whatever means, and their victims. But those who are promiscuous, those who are disregarding the truth and the evidence of such plague among us, they are responsible for it. And they need to recognize that. The designated official for leprosy was no one but the priest. You find it throughout these two chapters. The priest would have to examine. The priest would have to declare clean or unclean. The priest would be the one where the leper would come and say, listen, you've got to check me out. I have this sore on my arm. It hasn't gone away for four weeks. It would be the priest. The various procedures and rites would be administered by the priest. As a matter of fact, in Deuteronomy 24, verse 8 and 9, Moses there reminds the children of Israel again because, remember, that was a second generation who did not know about the Exodus. They were born during the wilderness march. And Moses says this, Take heed in an outbreak of leprosy that you diligently observe and do according to all that the priest, the Levites, shall teach you, just as I commanded them, so you shall be careful to do. Listen. Remember what the Lord, your God, did to Miriam on the way when you came out of Egypt. He struck her with leprosy, white as snow. A stern warning to pay heed. And so, the initial teaching regarding leprosy is found here. It was to protect society, to isolate the man or the woman. That God's people may walk in health, in fellowship, in obedience to God. Now, the intended type regarding leprosy is interesting. Leprosy is a type of sin nature in its characteristics. The parallel is amazing. First of all, it's undetectable and painless at first, you don't even know you have it, no pain. Isn't that much like sin nature? We're born from our mother's womb speaking lies, the proverb says, and we thought that we were crying when they smacked us on our bottom. And yet, you look at a baby and it seems like sin nature is undetected. I mean, they're so cuddly, they're so cute, so defenseless, and yet they are so full of sin nature. We better thank God that that baby that's crying at three in the morning is only three months old and not 13 years of age. Because if they were 13 years of age and you didn't get up and feed them, they would crawl out of that crib, grab you by the neck, and say, Where's my milk? They don't care if you just went to sleep a half hour ago and you've been up 48 hours. They're hungry. You ever observe little kids, they seem so nice and everything, then you get two or three together and they start playing with toys? And sometimes they're not too cordial, are they? They'll punch, they'll bite, they'll scream, they'll push. Anything! They're such cute little sinners, aren't they? (laughs) It seems like the child's all right. All we can see is the potential for all goodness. But deep down inside is sin nature. It's gradually progressive, the disease, in nature and its development. So sin nature. As the child grows, that sin nature comes out. The child, when he's small, he's very obedient, very submissive if he is disciplined and, and, and chastened and dealt with. But even then, there are sporadic events where the child gets in your face. Where the child says, no way. And you start seeing it more and more. Thirdly, it is contagious through exposure and personal contact. As we intermingle with one another as human beings, we not only each have sin nature that is contagious, but we do and commit sinful acts that if we affiliate with one another, we contaminate one another, we teach one another, we get off on one another. What a parallel with leprosy. Fourthly, its consequences are severe, first to the person, then to others. Little little white lie seems so innocent, I won't go to school, and I'll just tell a lie to my parents. It seems so harmless. But then after that comes something else. Well, I'm telling them I'm going over to my friend's house, but we're really going to go out partying and stay out all night. And then it's another thing, and it's progressive. And it becomes severe, and it starts affecting your life, my life and you start building one sin on top of another, and you become very proficient, very mature, very professional at it. You become very comfortable with it. Because primarily, sin gratifies me. But the Bible said that sin is pleasurable for a season. And then, like leprosy, it hits. Then it's not so painless. The consequences are severe. So severe at times that God in all His love cannot remove the consequences, though He can forgive you. You have to live with those consequences. Fifth, it's repulsive to others in its progressive stages. They used to see you as a beautiful, potentially successful young lady, young man. You had everything going for you. And now they hear of your conduct, your way of life, things that you're involved, things that you flaunt, and they're repulsive to some people. Such was a disease. Such is sin in our lives. How could you have gotten so far? How could you have done that? How could you have led Him? Why did you do it? It just doesn't fit in the mind of the person knowing you before. Sixthly, it's incurable by human means. Leprosy is not curable. Neither is the nature. It just eats and eats and eats and eats away. Seven, it leads to death ultimately. The wages of sin is death. It will eventually kill you. Many today feel that they have won over on God. That there's no such thing as sin. You might think you're the exception. But the Bible is very clear and certainly full of evidence Especially the Genesis record says, and he lived 700 some years and he died, and he lived 800 years and he died, and he lived 900 years and he, died. he died, he died, he died, he died. God says, the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. The serpent said, ah. As God said, it's a killjoy. He wants to keep you from having fun. He knows the day you will partake, you'll become like he. Knowing good and evil. Don't obey him. Experience good and evil yourself. There was a hook. The scriptures present man as a hopeless sinner by nature. Job 25, 4 says Can anything clean come of a woman? Can any man or woman be born of a woman and be clean? Uh uh. We're born sinners. David cried out in Psalm 51, verse 5, And sin did my mother conceive me. Jeremiah 13, 23 says, If an Ethiopian can change the color of his skin, and a leper can change his spots, so can the sinner change and be saved by himself. (laughs) Now when you see a leper change his spots, a black Ethiopian turn white, then you're in business. You can save yourself. Romans chapter three, verse nine through 18 gives us one of the most darkest descriptions of man. There is none good, no, not one. They all have gone out of their own way. Their mouth and their throats are open sepulchres. An awesome description of man. How different that is from the sociologists and psychologists of today, even within the Christian church. They're looking to the innate goodness of man. Where is it? Look to our society. Ephesians 2 1 and 3 says that we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were children of disobedience, walking according to the course and the prince of the power of the air, doing our thing. So, leprosy is a type of sin nature and its characteristics. It's a tremendous parable, side by side.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us that sin always comes with a high price to pay. And you can request a copy of today's study from the book of Leviticus called Leprosy, Man and Sin. It's available on CD for just $4. And don't forget to pass along a copy to those in your church or Bible study. The title to ask for once again is Leprosy, Man and Sin. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800 926 1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California 91107. And please don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Can God forgive us of all our sin? Find out when you tune into the next edition of Simple Truths with our teacher, Pastor Xavier Reese.